3: Here we go, here we go. Comedy Alive from the greatest country on the planet. broadcasted from the tippy-top of the world-famous Fox News headquarters in New York City. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon, a man who is not down 30 points with Latino voters. Uh Uh-oh, I'm in trouble. Yep, Joe Biden, uh, the man who sees dead people, is also now seeing a huge hemorrhaging of the Latino vote, as we are now just 35 days from the midterms, it is not just my son Lincoln who is saying... Biden sucks. Big day on the show today. Carrie Lake, gubernatorial candidate for governor out in the great state of Arizona, is going to stop by to weigh in on just about everything in the country. Uh, you're welcome to join her and sing back 888 eight 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 seven eight eight. 788 9910, the phone number. You know the rules on the show every day. You can be a Republican, you can be a Democrat. We don't care, man. All we ask is that you don't be a. We are one day closer. Okay, if you want to talk about promos, I got three great ones. One day closer to our big event down in Tulsa. I will be, of course, doing the show live from KRMG on Friday. You can get tickets for the meet and greet afterwards at the Cape Brewing Company. Uh, that is on the KRMG app. And Saturday night, October the 8th, At the Chisholm Trail Expo Center, we've got a 7 p.m. stand-up show. Tickets for that available at TicketStorm.com. Although none of these promos, none of these promos are making the headlines this morning uh, compared to the one I'm about to play you from a fellow by the name of Tucker Carlson. Check this out. So Tucker has Tony Bobulinski back on the show tonight. Now if you remember Tony Bobulinski, he is Hunter Biden's business partner. Hunter's a dirtbag. In the run-up in the run-up to the 2020 election, he was the guy that corroborated not only the authenticity of the laptop But the fact that Joe Biden was very much a direct financial beneficiary of Hunter's business dealings. Are you the big man, Joe? Okay, this is a living, breathing corroboration. This isn't the Mueller probe where they were launching a conspiracy theory that Vladimir Putin now controlled the U.S. government from afar. No, this was actual corroboration. And I bring it up for two reasons. Okay, number one. Okay, the media has been derelict in its duty to pay any attention to Tony Bobulinski, mainly because if, in fact, Joe Biden is compromised, we're all compromised. Now, the media knew in the run up to the 2020 election, the Biden laptop was real because the director of national intelligence at the time corroborated the fact that it was real. But the media went out and killed it anyway, with help from Facebook, with help from Twitter And 50 former intelligence community members who wrote a letter saying this is Russian disinformation. Not even close. Okay, they knew at the time it was legit, but it was more important for them to win an election than it was to hold a potential president accountable. Okay, so this got swept under the rug. And as you remember, When the election came and went, all of the outlets like the Washington Post and the New York Times that had buried the story then turned around and said, and oh, by the way, the laptop's real. That's why I don't read the newspaper, because it's garbage. And the editor that
4: let it come out is
3: garbage. I bring all of this up because now we're at a place where the Democrats no longer need Joe Biden to win an election. And what I'm telling you here today before I play you this Bob Alinsky clip is I don't expect Tucker's interview ...to upend the news cycle tomorrow because they hate Tucker. They hate Tucker with all the fiber in their being. They hate Tucker for pointing out obvious truths, like the fact that there are biological differences between men and women.
0: Boys have a penis. Girls have a vagina.
3: But nonetheless, they continue to advance that position in the culture war, the people in charge of our culture are emotionally stunted and weird. But what Tucker is doing tonight could have long term implications for Joe Biden, because with 35 days to go between now and the midterms, Democrats are projecting to lose everything. And when they do, they'll no longer need Joe Biden. And you very well may see some intellectual curiosity when it comes to Tony Bobolinsky. Here's the clip.
5: So they were shafting you without your knowledge, it sounds like.
4: Yeah, it's called fraud. Yeah.
5: And this is, I mean, I, I don't see any other explanation for this, do
4: you? Uh, I'm sure you can reach out to the Biden family and get yeah, comments from them. They're not but, returning uh, our calls right now. Um, okay, so this is, just this alone
5: seems to me enough to spur a criminal investigation by the FBI into what apparently is fraud. The FBI had the contents of the laptop. They've had it for years now. Um, has there been an FBI investigation into this, and what's the, what's the outcome of it? Do you know?
4: I'm not aware of them focusing on those specific facts. Everything that I've been previewed or um, briefed on is they're focusing on more legacy, tax stuff, fairer stuff. Um, they should be looking into that. But Hunter but Biden has not been indicted for this. Uh, I'm not aware of that.
3: So you understand. Okay, he's alleging that the Biden family was engaged in all kinds of fraud. They were engaged in influence peddling schemes. Okay, the timing of this interview is so fascinating to me. Okay, and you could watch it tonight at 8 p.m. on Tucker Carlson tonight, right here on the Fox News Channel. I am so fascinated by the timing of this because it comes at a moment. Where we've got all of this polling out we'll get into today that says nobody wants Biden to run for president. But more importantly, in the election that's right around the corner, Joe Biden has cost Democrats about 30 points, about 30 points with Latino voters. Biden sucks. Now, understand that's the groundwork right there when Biden loses everything in the midterms. For a lot of people in the media to possibly, oh yeah, acknowledge that a living, breathing person came forward, corroborated all of these business deals, all of these influence peddling schemes. Okay, and Joe Biden might learn the same hard lesson that was taught to my former governor, Hansi Andy Cuomo.
6: Andy! Andy!
3: Okay, the media, yes, they always need a useful idiot when they want to win an election. Okay, Andrew Cuomo was that useful idiot. They built him up as a means of tearing down Donald Trump. They overlooked the fact that Andrew Homo had signed an executive order forcing nursing homes to take in infected coronavirus patients. That's stupid. Use your common sense. Not only stupid, but potentially criminal. He gave the nursing home civil and criminal liability because he knew it was wrong at the time. But Andrew Cuomo did it. Why? Because he didn't want to work with Donald Trump in an election year on COVID. So he wanted to make it look like, well, Trump won't work with me, so I just got to do it myself. I'm not using that hospital he gave me at the Jacob Javits Center. I'm not using the USNS comfort that sailed up from Norfolk, Virginia, on behalf of the Red Cross to give me additional bed space. No, I'm going to do it myself because orange man bad. And the media went with it, and they didn't care because they just wanted to build up Cuomo so they could tear down Trump. But when the election was over, Andrew Cuomo learned the same lesson Joe Biden's about to learn, is that the media, okay, is only hiring part-time. Yes, they need a useful idiot. The problem is Joe Biden, Andrew Cuomo, these are full-time idiots. The media is only hiring part-time. I agree with that. Okay, and one of the reasons in Biden's case they're only hiring part-time is what I'm about to read you. Okay, there's a lot of polls to get into in this hour. This first one is fascinating. Okay, it's Latino voters. Okay, Democrats still maintain a lead of about 20 points over Republicans when it comes to Latino voters. You understand? But there was a time not even a year ago, where Joe Biden and the Democrats had a 55-point advantage over, Latino, over Republicans. Come on, man. They had a 55-point advantage. But why have they—excuse me, they had a 35-point advantage. I'm trying to do it on a show. I'm sorry. I had to get my life together over here for all the stuff. Have you ever had a checkup? Seriously, for all the smack I talk about Biden, I'm about to be like, Jackie, are you here? Where is she? I thought Jackie would be here. Where's Jackie? Come on, man. OK, this is what happened. The Democrats who cannot win a an election without overwhelming support from minority voters are losing minority voters. Why? Because the Democratic establishment's priorities are are not the priorities of anybody else bingo um this is not a black issue it's not a latino issue it's not a white issue okay when you look at the midterms the number one issue are you ready is the economy the number two issue crime what are the democrats pushing climate change what else are they pushing late term abortion what else are they pushing Student loan forgiveness.
4: Why do you do things like that? You're like a crazy person.
3: Seriously. And above all else, they're pushing, you know, gender warfare. It's time to let five-year-old kids have the bodily autonomy to surgically alter their bodies.
4: It's people with a dirty mind that think like that.
3: It's not specific to the minority community. If you go into any community, any community, it's crime in the economy. Crime in the economy. we worried about crime in the economy. Okay, nobody cares what the weather's going to do in 50 years, and to be clear, nobody knows what the weather's going to do in 50 years. They have no idea. That's number one. Number two, student loan forgiveness is a scam. Does nothing to address the surging cost of college, which means this position of buying back some votes by forgiving $10,000 worth of debt is a position we're going to keep on finding ourselves in. If we don't do something to address the soaring cost of college, when it comes to the actual science behind the abortion debate, something we're going to get into with uh, Carrie Lake later in the show today, nobody supports where the Democrat stance is on abortion on demand up until the day of birth. In fact, nobody in the world supports that except China and North Korea. Understand, Okay, that there's not a single solitary country in the European Union that allows abortion beyond the 15th week. Ninety nine percent of them cap it at 12 weeks. The Democrats want you to believe you're declaring war on women if you can't abort a baby up until the day it's born. Okay? Psychotic. Again, their priorities, no one else's. So, when you see Democrats hemorrhaging support with Latinos, understand it's not for Latino reasons, it's for Democrat reasons. Correct the mundo. And if you want people to come around and you want people to vote your way, okay, specifically in the Latino subsets, okay, stop calling them Latinx because nobody uses that term. And after you've tanked their economy and you've let their streets become lawless and you've denied their kids an education and you've told their daughters they're transphobic if they don't want boys changing in their locker rooms, above all else, at least have the decency to not try to do voter outreach by calling them a bunch of breakfast tacos like Jill
0: Biden did. Jill Biden isn't a medical doctor, but even she knows that breakfast is your strength. So don't skip the most important meal of the day. Get down to Jill Biden's breakfast cart for a dish that's truly one of a kind.
1: As distinct as the Bogodá's of the Bronx.
0: Jill Biden's breakfast cart serves up heaping portions of political pandering that are so good they get lost in translation. She <laughs> We may use fake words like Latinx, but all of our dishes are 100% real, and every one of them is...
1: As unique as the breakfast tacos here in San Antonio. Other
0: restaurants charge big money, but Jill Biden's breakfast cart will only cost you your dignity. And best of all, her husband Joe keeps it open 24 hours a day, just like our southern border. Me cost a new cost. So don't overpay for breakfast ever again. Get down to Jill Biden's breakfast cart for a shameless spread that's
1: as beautiful as the blossoms of Miami.
2: This is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. He is one of those iconic
3: figures that fans care about.
2: The Fox News Rundown. A contrast of perspectives you won't hear anywhere else. Your daily dose of news twice a day. Featuring insight from top newsmakers, reporters, and Fox News contributors. Listen and subscribe now by going to foxnewspodcasts.com.
3: It is Fox Across America with your main man, Jimmy Thaler, holding it together on a big Tuesday episode of the show. Carrie Lake is coming up. That's a wild one. We're also going to be talking with Russell Fry, who's, of course, a superstar congressional candidate down in the great state of South Carolina. Somebody who was on the campaign trail with Tim Scott this past weekend. You know, Senator Scott, uh, a gentleman who still believes to this day that Rocky Three is the best Rocky. Hey,
2: you've got to be a moron. You've got to
6: be a moron.
3: I just like giving Tim Scott a hard time. He's as good of an American as there is, and I'm always excited to talk to him and certainly anybody else he's endorsing. Right now, the problem is nobody's endorsing Joe Biden. Okay, let me give you some of this polling we opened up earlier in the show. It is an NBC News Telemundo poll. Okay, and when it comes to the midterms, the Latino lead against Republicans, to be clear, still sides with the Democrats. They lead Republicans 54% to 33%, okay? But understand, when we go backwards in prior elections, they led by 26 points in 2020, 34 points in 2016, 42 points in 2012. Biden is such a disaster. Okay, understand what the Latinos are specifically disapproving of, just so you understand. The cost of living, 60%, the economy, 54%, border security and immigration, 51%. What does that mean? That means the Latino voters do not like what's going on at the southern border. They don't think it's racist to secure the border. You want to know why? Because they went through the trouble to come here legally. Okay, they want their citizenship to mean something. They don't want a country that resembles what they fled. But that's exactly what the Democrats are turning it into. And oh, by the way, Latino voters, no different than white voters, black voters, Asian voters or anybody in between. They don't come to America because they want to eat the rich and demonize the rich. They come to America because they themselves would like to get rich. He's a lousy dad, but he's right. Okay, that's the American dream. The American dream is not give me something. The American dream is not other people have it better than I do. So let's just yell equity until we redistribute all their wealth. And then we all have a piece of it too. That's not the American dream. That's the socialist dream. And it always ends in a bread line, by the way. Okay, every single country that has tried socialism has failed. It has starved 90 million people along the way. Folks, I always tell you, I need to lose some weight.
0: That boy is a P.I.G. pig.
3: That being said, I don't need to lose a socialism level of weight.
0: That's true. That is true.
3: And neither does anybody else listening. People starve on socialism. And what the Democrats are pitching right now is very resemblant ...of what a lot of Latino voters fled to migrate into this country. They came to this country because they were proud of America. They wanted to call themselves America. Because around the world, we have this thing called... FREEDOM! And they come here for that freedom, and they take advantage of it. They work their asses off. They outwork a lot of lazy, entitled Americans. And they build vast fortunes for themselves. Folks... Literally, over the course of this country's 246-year history, I am not exaggerating when I say tens of millions of migrants have come to this country and gotten obnoxiously rich, mind-blowingly rich by the standards of the countries they fled because they're in on the joke that we're sitting on an opportunity here that doesn't really exist many places around the world, if any at all. What the Democrats are trying to sell them is fake oppression. Oh, you're a Latino. They must hate you. You're a Latino. You know, not in this country. I feel for you because everybody's so bigoted.
4: Democrats just call everyone racist so they go along with their stupid ideas.
3: Totally. And it's hard to sell oppression to people who are actually oppressed. If you were fleeing food insecurity or corrupt governments, I mean, sadly, if you wind up in a democratic city, you're probably back to food insecurity and a corrupt government. But the point is, they know the difference between what we're billing as oppression and what happens to be real oppression. You know what else they know the difference of? A country not putting its citizens first, which is exactly what we're dealing with now, which is why when the Latinos come here and they look at the approach the Democrats are selling, it reminds them an awful lot of exactly what they Fled.
1: Welcome to the Biden administration, home to the new slogan, America last.
2: Reality with a bit of insanity, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon.
3: Oh, you bet it is. And I'm reading you all of these polls about Latino voters and Joe Biden. But, you know, we also at the same time always say, well, you can't trust the polls. They oversample. They do this. They do that. So here we are being the change we want to see in the world. Here is MSNBC talking to actual and the media at large talking to actual Latino voters about exactly what they intend to do and what is expected of them in the midterms.
0: We're not just going to blindly vote in one particular direction. We're going to vote in the direction of folks who are going to be paying attention to the issues that are important to us.
4: How is it that you feel as a voter here?
0: Uh, Taken advantage of. I feel
5: like the Democratic National Party looks at my demographics and assumes that I'm going to vote for them. I'm a Latina woman. That historically has been the party's
0: bread and butter.
4: The top issues for Latinos was actually the cost of living.
0: We see that prices are through the roof, and we want to know what people are going to do to help put that burden down.
4: In conservative stronghold states like Texas, signs of a political shift among
3: Latino voters, with more now leaning Republican. Maybe
4: we should just go to the,
3: the church. We're a Democrat, and you are now a Republican. Why?
1: Because uh, the fact that the Democratic Party has changed a lot and identify more with the uh, Republican Party. What things? Well, we're for God, country, family, and hard work. What are the concerns you have about immigration? The fact of the matter is that we, you know, we don't feel safe anymore.
0: Wow. We're not going to sit here and listen to you bad mouth the United States of America.
3: Did you hear that, woman? We're for God. And country. Uh Oh, I'm in trouble. Big trouble (laughs) because the Democrats are not selling God and country. They're saying, get God out of this completely. We don't ever want to hear his name again. That's the one religion you can persecute openly in this country. And the other thing you can persecute is the country itself. They do it again and again and again. They're selling fake oppression. I say this all the time, man. The political divide of our times at a 20,000 foot view is victorhood or victimhood. Victorhood. You can do it with the greatest country in the world or victimhood. Why even bother? The deck is stacked. The 1% systemic racism. It doesn't fire people up. It just doesn't. Identity politics. Nobody cares. Nobody cares about identity politics. Okay? Nobody cares. Nobody believes we're oppressed. Nobody believes gay people are under attack. Nobody wants to go to a movie to prove that they aren't under attack. And if you don't believe me, ask Billy Eichner. (laughs) Billy Eichner's movie comes out over the weekend. It's a gay rom-com called Bros. And uh, listen, if you bought a large popcorn seeing the film Smile, you made more money for the theater than Billy Eichner's rom-com did. And it's not because we don't like gay movies in this country. Brokeback Mountain made $178 million, won three Oscars. Okay, it's because we don't like bad movies. We don't like being told we have to go to a movie. or well, we're a bunch of homophobes. But that's exactly what, you know, Billy Eichner said. He was at the MTV VMAs, and he's like, you got to go to this movie to show Clarence Thomas and all the homophobes in Washington. Get him out of here. Shut up, kid. Nobody cares. Tell your story walking. Okay, real, honest brokers of the truth know that no one's under attack in this country. It's America. It's the most tolerant and inclusive society on the planet. There was a time when Joe Biden knew that. Although, to be fair, Billy Eichner, there was also a time where Joe Biden wasn't on your side when it came to gay marriage.
6: I can't believe the American people can't see through this. We already have a law. The Defense of Marriage Act, where we've all voted, not where I voted and others said, look, marriage is between a man and a woman, and states must respect that. Nobody's violated that law. There's been no challenge to that law. Why do we need a constitutional amendment? Marriage is between a man and a woman. What's the game going on here?
4: Ho, ho, ho! So,
6: uh, I guess we have some issues?
3: <laughs> I mean, marriage is between a man and a woman. What's the game going on here is what Joe Biden said. Folks, the Democrats never acknowledge this, but Joe Biden and most of the upper leadership in this party is completely unprincipled. They stand for nothing. They stand for whatever's popular today and can help me get elected tomorrow. I'm now on board with. Understand, Joe Biden wrote the 1994 Biden crime bill, a bill that so overzealously targeted nonviolent black drug offenders. That when Donald Trump signed the First Step Prison Reform Act, it freed over 300,000 black inmates who had gone to jail under Joe Biden's crime law. Do you have a problem figuring out whether you're for me or Trump and you ain't black. But again, that didn't stop Biden from getting out there and saying, Oh, Trump, enemy of the black community. Oh, Trump, he didn't condemn neo Nazis and white nationalists. Down in Charlottesville. Who would ever even do such a thing?
4: And you had people, and I'm not talking about the neo Nazis and the white nationalists, because they should be condemned totally. Wait, what do you mean? I was
3: told by Joe Biden he didn't condemn them. Okay, the same Joe Biden who pushed a vaccine mandate on you. Okay, get the vaccine or you're fired. This is the same Joe Biden that 2 months earlier in the campaign on the debate stage said I don't even trust the vaccine. Listen to him and Kamala.
1: Let's just say there's a vaccine that is approved and even distributed before the election. Would you get it? Well, I think that's going to be an issue for all of us
6: if and when the vaccine comes. And it's not likely to go through all the tests that needs to be and the trials that are needed to be done. When we finally do, God willing, get a vaccine, who's going to take the shot? Who's going to take the shot?
3: Do you understand? This is a completely unprincipled man. OK, completely unprincipled. And that's why he's in the position that he's in. OK, it's because they'll take whatever politi- politically expedient position is out there, even if it means saying something like we need to defund the police. Look, if you hate cops just because of the cops, the next time you get in trouble, call a crackhead. Think about that. The Democrats, completely unprincipled people, not operating with any consideration for the folks affected by their policies, said we need to defund
1: the police. Yes, I support the defund movement because this is about the, the um, investment. In our communities, which have historically been divested. Not only do we need to defund, but we need to dismantle and start anew. Why use the word defund? Why use the word defund? And it's like, this is the word
0: that's coming from the streets.
3: Oh my God, this is the word coming from the streets. AOC is a dope. They're all idiots. And understand they are completely untethered to any principle whatsoever. Having said all of that. The Democrats have decided, according to this poll I'm about to read you, that Joe Biden is apparently even less principled than they are. Listen to this new one. Okay. Majority of Democrats, okay, do not want Joe Biden to run for election in the year twenty twenty-four. I agree with that. This is an ABC News Washington Post poll shows just thirty five of percent of registered Democrats. Want Biden to run again. OK, well, 56 percent in this instance say he shouldn't be the party's nominee in 2024. OK, understand we've had incumbent presidents lose elections. Jimmy Carter lost one. George W. Bush lost one. Donald Trump lost one. Wrong. OK, well, the fact remains he's not president right now. And none of these presidents suffered from a lack of internal support within their party. We've never seen this before. We've never seen a president... OK, that's less than two years into his administration being told by the majority of his own party there's no reason to do this again. Like, you remember Roberto Duran Fort Sugar Ray Leonard famously said, no, Moss, no, Moss, no, moss. they're no mossing Joe Biden right now because he's a terrible, terrible candidate in 2024. Why? Because he wasn't even a candidate in 2020. He stayed home. He didn't run. The media ran for him. And now the fact that we never did get to see the Carfax, we ordered a president through the mail, and we've got this mess who's talking to dead people. Inflation's at a 40-year high. The border's out of control. And the Democrats are pushing things like Latinx and inclusion is costing them everything. Here is Van Jones, okay, over at CNN, and make no mistake about it, we bash CNN all the time. CNN is the worst. But if we're going to do that, we should at least give them credit when they get one right. Here is Van Jones explaining exactly why the Democrats are missing the mark. Clip one.
5: This issue around the gender binary has, has, has taken up way too much space uh, in the public conversation. Uh, I think that people are weary of it. I think that people having to put the she's and the this and that and the pronouns on their, their Zoom, mm. all of that stuff starts to send a signal, I think, to working class voters that, that these people are not concerned about the things that affect me every day. They're <laughs> not concerned about inflation. They're not concerned about, which is not to say you can't be, care about everybody, but there's something that's out of balance. And so I think that when we start sending the cultural signal that we're more concerned about the, the, the pronoun you put on your Zoom call Then we are concerned about the fact that you don't have a house or a job. I think the party's off track.
3: They're a hundred percent.
6: I admire your honesty.
3: Hundred percent off track. Okay. Here is Biden. Okay, understand. This is from Friday night. Biden spoke at that, you know, big black tie fundraiser in Washington, DC, and yelled at us all about student loan forgiveness. Here's a clip I didn't play yesterday on Monday show. Okay, here's Biden. Yelling and screaming about, you know, the GOP shouldn't be calling us out for our spending. Understand everybody's calling him out for his spending. You want to know why? Because inflation is at a 40 year high, 40 year high and every serious economist believes it's because of the runaway spending by this administration they passed an inflation reduction act that doesn't reduce inflation meaning it reduces inflation the way gasoline reduces a fire that is financial lunacy sure is and here's Joe Biden yelling and screaming in defense of his spending clip 5
6: I'm so sick of Republicans saying we're the big spenders give me a break give me a break and by the way this bill is gonna reduce the deficit by another $300 billion over 10 years. Because you sure you're paying less for the drugs that are going
3: out. Listen, let me just jump in here really quickly, okay? The national deficit and what Americans pay for drugs are not linked.
7: You
2: are correct, sir.
3: Never mind, and this is the biggest, when you talk about someone being full of it, the reason insulin prices just came down again under Biden is because he let... The order Trump signed, sunset and go away, at which point he then re-signed it himself and is taking claim for lowering the prices.
6: That's just how white folks will do you.
3: No differently than when he says job creation. He hasn't created any jobs. Okay, these are all jobs that were lost during the pandemic that were recovered when we reopened. Very, you know, very sketchy math there. I've made the analogy a million times. Okay, if you had a job and it got shut down because of the pandemic, when the business reopens, you didn't get a new job. You went back to your job. If Jenny Faila throws me out of the house because me and Lincoln spend Friday night checking out strippers,
0: hubba hubba.
3: When she lets us back in, we don't get to claim we got a new house. We've just been let back into the old one. Okay, and that's Biden's biggest problem is when he talks about the Inflation Reduction Act doesn't reduce inflation. When he talks about people's uh, insulin costs bringing down the national debt, there's no actual link. So for all the things we say about Biden, oh, the elevator doesn't go to the top floor. Oh, he's, you know, abandoned every one of his policy principles. Okay, the biggest problem he faces right now is the same problem he faced the day he got into office. Joe Biden is completely full of...
4: White House girls and Biden to bed early because he's really old and he's senile. He makes up so much crap the country's worried.
2: He's lying like it's going out of style. You can't
0: hide Joe Biden's lies. For a while, they
2: made some each tried I thought by
0: going to become God gargantuan when
6: the son of man comes.
2: You're listening to Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon.
3: It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. We were having this conversation earlier about the Democrats just being completely unprincipled. They will lie to your face. They will insult your intelligence, okay, and, and do so in a way that almost shocks the conscience. Like, I can tell you this as somebody who's raised a child. There's nothing more infuriating than when you know your kid is lying to you. Hey, did you take out the garbage? Yeah, I took it out. The garbage is still sitting there right in front of you full. You didn't take it out. It's right here in the back. No, I took it out. You're like, dude, just tell me the truth. You're, you're lying to me! And, like, parents go crazy. Well, anyway, here is Tiffany Cross on MSNBC, okay, and she is talking to a congressional candidate in Texas uh, by the name of, I believe, Amy Crockett, who is running for Congress, who wants you to believe that defund the police— was actually in support of the police.
2: Sell crazy someplace else. We're all stocked up here.
3: Not only is it in support of the police, but Tiffany Cross goes on to say that it's not a democratic policy.
2: Come on, don't bullshit me.
3: She's going to do both. Here it is, clip six.
1: Law enforcement is playing dog catcher. Law enforcement is playing social worker. And so they're not wanting to talk about what defund was about, which it was always about making sure it was actually supporting law enforcement because (laughs) when they signed up, they signed up to protect and serve not to do all these other jobs. And so it was about efficiency. Um, So defund the police isn't a democratic political um, policy. Uh, And it
6: really is a reallocation of funds. So when you say black people want law enforcement, yes, but they also don't want to call law enforcement and then become a victim of absolutely i think that's, yeah, a
2: good, a good that's, that's that's absolutely right i'm surrounded by idiots okay
3: defund the police was not about supporting law enforcement okay and understand as tiffany cross shamefully says defund the police isn't a democratic political policy <laughs> okay and then goes on to say what Black people want law enforcement, but they just don't want to call law enforcement and become a victim of law enforcement. And understand that was the original hustle of the whole thing is law enforcement is out there killing people for the hell of it.
5: I'm going to make sure I have security because I know I have had attempts on my life and I have too much work to do. There are too many people that need help right now for me to to allow that. So if I end up spending $200,000, if I spend $10 10, 10 more on it, you know what? I get to be here to do the work. So suck it up and defunding the police has to happen. We need to defund the police and put that money into social safety nets because we're trying to save lives.
3: Oh, defunding the police has got to happen because you're trying to save lives.
2: Oh,
0: wow.
3: Long story short.
7: Democrats are so full of crap. Live from
2: everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Oh, would you look who's back in action for
3: another big hour of Fox Across America, your home for top-shelf radio in a bottom-feeding political world. Man, oh boy, oh man, we spent the first hour of the show talking about, oh, I don't know, the fact that the president was a little bit of a mess... There was a lot of polling out there that said nobody wanted him to run in 2024. OK, we got a comment. <laughs> Picking up where we left off is what I'm trying to say. Long story short, that we're going to get to in this hour because it's a crowded dance card today. OK, Carrie Lake is on the show. She is, of course, a gubernatorial candidate for governor in the great state of Arizona. We're also going to be talking to Russell Fry Who is a congressional candidate down in the great state of South Carolina? And one of the hot topics they both come up, uh, run into a lot on the trail is, you know, the election beyond this one. Why? Because the guy in charge right now, okay, is the reason Democrats are sinking in popularity in this election.
6: Tell it like it is.
3: Okay, it's the Biden policies. that are making it very difficult for a lot of Democrats to run, for a lot of incumbent Democrats to protect their seats, which is why when you look around the campaign trail, do you see anybody running events with Joe Biden this weekend? The answer would be no. We're 35 days till the midterms, 35 days away. Traditionally, I don't know, sitting president is a pretty potent guy to have on your side. But in this instance, yes, Carrie Lake has a big rally with Trump scheduled out in Arizona this coming Saturday night. You're
4: about to hear the greatest
3: speech you've ever heard. But when it comes to people actually looking to campaign with Joe Biden, And to be honest with you, part of it is policy, but a lot of it is the fact that they just don't know what's going to come out of his mouth, and that a lot of these reckless, rambling statements like the one I'm about to play you often become the news story. Like, I'll give an example. Earlier in in the show, I was talking about Biden speaking uh, to FEMA. And of course, The headline there was supposed to be what? Biden giving advice on the storm, Biden giving an update on the 80s sending down the Florida. But none of that became a headline. Why? Because when the speech ended and the FEMA coordinator said, right this way, Mr. President, he walked the other way and wandered into the audience and had to go get fished out. The man is insane. He's not responsible for himself. So you got a dueling piano of negative uh, consequences for people who might potentially you know, want to campaign with this guy. One is the policies are historically unpopular. He's polling at 39%. The other is apparently he just changed ethnicities again. Okay, Joe Biden, the guy who told us on the campaign trail, he got his start at a historically black college and university uh, who went on to say last week, he went to shul more than most Jewish people in the country, apparently is now Puerto Rican. Uh, Take it away, this is clip 15.
6: I come from a little state, the little state of Delaware. It's not like the congresswoman from New York, she's a big state. But we have a very, in relative terms, large Puerto Rican population in Delaware, relative to our population. We have the eighth largest black population in the country, and between all minorities, we have 20% of our state is minority. And so I, uh, I uh, was sort of raised uh, in the Puerto Rican community at home, politically.
7: I've lost my marbles. He
6: says
3: now he was raised, (laughs) politically raised, in the Puerto Rican community. I got to be honest with you. Okay, that's not true. This is also a guy who was busted for saying he used to be a truck driver. He's been busted eight times for telling this story about what? Angelo, the Amtrak operator who kept running into him on the train as vice president of the United States. The only problem was this beloved figure, Angelo, had died 10 years before Biden became the vice president.
1: This man needs a retirement home and a warm bowl of soup.
3: But another reason, another reason. Okay, so you've got the Mr. Magoo thing going on. You've got the plummeting popularity. Okay, 70% of the country thinks we're headed in the wrong direction. Understand, like you get into a, you know, big Uber with 10 of your friends and one of those like Uber XLs, and seven of you think, the driveway is going, the driver is going the wrong way on the highway. You're probably going to take his car keys away, which is exactly what voters are saying about Joe Biden. But what might actually expedite the process is the fact that now this Hunter thing, okay, is really ratcheting up in intensity. Tucker Carlson, okay, is sitting down with Tony Bobulinski tonight. And, of course, Tony Bobulinski is Hunter Biden's business partner. The fellow who corroborated all the contents of the Hunter Biden laptop in the run up to the election. And uh, he sat back down with Tucker and he, you know, really opened up on the media and how complicit they've been in ignoring a lot of these facts. Now, the reason that is significant is it's going to get attention like the media can try to ignore it. okay, but they can't ignore the fact that four million people watch Tucker's show. Okay, sometimes five million people watch Tucker's show. It's like Democrats got away with ignoring the border forever. And then Ron DeSantis did what? He said, hey, you know, that sanctuary city up in Martha's Vineyard that says, you know, we're a place of diversity. Let's uh, send them a couple of migrants. (laughs) And that's what he did. And what did those tolerant and inclusive diversity is our strength Democrats do? They threw him out in less than 24 hours.
2: That's just how white folks will do
3: you. The point is, DeSantis effectively brought attention to the story in a way that forced the media to reckon with the fact that it was going to be a liability for their own credibility if they refused to acknowledge the issue. Okay, the fact that Biden is as unpopular as he is, the fact that they're going to lose a historic level of congressional seats in the midterms, means at some point, might not be today. There's 35 days till the midterms. The media really might not cover it anytime soon. Okay, but it's in the political bloodstream after tonight. It's back in the bloodstreams. The first interview with Bob in two years. And you damn sure better believe a media that wants an off-ramp from Biden post-midterm so they can show for the next Democrat is absolutely going to start kicking the tires on this story. Uh Oh, I'm in trouble. Here is Tony Bobolinsky calling them out. This is an excerpt from his sit-down with Tucker tonight. It is clip 26.
4: I've had a variety of people reach out to me, but nobody that was willing to actually go through a detailed interview of the facts. And, um, you know, Jake Tapper, I guess, well-respected by many people at CNN. um, You know, I appeal to him and Chris Lick. I'll come for an interview. We'll spend an hour. You can be as aggressive as you want to be with me. You can call me a liar. You can, you know, attack the facts. The good news is it's just not my word against the Bidens. I have thousands of documents text messages, WhatsApp conversations, recordings of the sitting president of the United States in his own voice. And uh, I'd love to have that debate. So, And you offered that? Uh, I'm available. Yeah. I, I mean, I've said, well, I've had people reach out to me and I've said, you know, listen, what's the uh, you know, they just want something. They want something for a news cycle or this going. And um, so uh, uh, I have not um, done that. I've been laying low. Um, But uh, I'm offering that now, Uh, you know.
5: So you uh, would go on CNN and speak at whatever length you'd like about uh, your experience? I would go on Jake
4: Tapper tonight.
3: Wow. (laughs) Wow. And I would love to see him go on Jake Tapper tonight, sit down with a member of the media who, oh, by the way, covered up the Hunter Biden laptop story and refused to report on it In the run up to the election, that was a hot mess inside a dumpster fire inside a train wreck is what it was. It was election interference. I want to be very clear, man. Okay, what they did in the run up to the 2020 election was election interference. Okay, when you understand that the director of national intelligence knew this laptop was real, meaning the FBI also knew the laptop was real. And they refused to let it get out there. They literally went to Facebook, as Mark Zuckerberg is on record as saying, and said, Hey, we have some Russian disinformation coming down the pipeline. Do us a favor, turn down the throttle on this story. He admitted that. Okay, Twitter flat out said, Nah, you can't share it. And why did they do this? Because guys like John Brennan and James Clapper, former members of the intelligence community, okay, they signed a letter, a letter saying this had all the hallmarks of Russian disinformation, knowing full well that it wasn't, okay? The same people who sold us the most far-fetched conspiracy of our lifetime, okay? The most far-fetched conspiracy of our lifetime is that Russian uh, President Vladimir Putin had seized control ...of the American government.
2: Sell crazy someplace else. We're all stocked up here.
3: That was the sale they were trying to make night in and night out for two and a half years. No, no, Putin runs the government now. He's in control. Never mind that Trump was taking devastating action against Putin's domestic and foreign agenda at the time. Okay, at the time, the ruble trading lower, their economy in much worse shape. Okay, understand that Trump wasn't the one green-lighting pipelines and Trump wasn't the one declaring war on fossil fuels, okay, that ultimately gave Putin a lot more leverage on the world stage. Trump was the one, even as the Democrats were alleging that Putin controlled him, Trump was the one who was actually telling people like Germany not to rely on Russia for their fuel.
0: That's true, that
3: is true. Said, hey man, you can't come to me to protect you from Russia in one breath, And then in the next breath, be buying all your fuel from them. He did that. That's what Donald Trump did. At a time when we are to believe that Vladimir Putin had seized control of our government.
2: Come on, don't bullshit me.
3: You understand these intelligence officials that were peddling that garbage. No, you don't understand. Putin's in charge of the government because he's got a video of Trump with a couple of hookers.
0: Hubba hubba.
3: Okay, the point is. He didn't have control. It's the most far-fetched. It's the stupidest thing you've ever heard. It's like an Austin Powers movie. No, you don't understand. Dr. Evil's in control of America now. You shut your mouth, you bastard. But they didn't shut up. Even after the probe came and went, and it was clear that the Mueller probe had nothing to do with Robert Mueller. He didn't know what was going on. The guy was a mess. I mean, as, as meandering old men go, I would put him at a nine on a scale of one to Joe Biden. But the point is the people who sold you that farce then turned around and were able to use, I'm using air quotes, their credibility to get the media to kill off a Hunter Biden laptop story that this man, Tony Bobolinsky, is on the record as corroborating. Hey, I've got the records. I've got the emails. I've got the recording. I've got the voicemails. OK, I've got the banking information. I've got the dates. I've got the times. I've got the photos. Did we have any of that? For a a two-and-a-half-year Mueller probe? And the media ran with it anyway. Day in and day out, the walls are closing in. You don't understand it's bad. He might take a perp walk out of the White House. You better tune in to Rachel Maddow tonight. We got the tax returns. I think his kids are going to flip on him.
4: The media is a bunch
3: of losers. Okay, understand, if you're listening to me, you're like, ah, this guy's nuts. You know, you've never heard the show before. And you just assume that the real host is tied up in a corner and some ranting lunatic got his hands on the microphone. I want you to understand if you disagree with what I'm saying to you right now, you are not my enemy. I don't um, – you, 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 know, you wouldn't be shouted down if you called in and disagree. I don't care. That's not the kind of show I do. I'm not an activist. I am your fellow American who cares about what's going on in this country. And right now the country is getting run into the ground. One of the reasons is because we have an incompetent at best president who might be compromised at worst. Okay, I don't know that he is, but I do know that his son has sold a lot of influence to a lot of governments around the world who happen to be our adversaries on the main stage. Okay, and I happen to know that we're sending a lot of money to those countries right now. And to be clear, no one's been able to explain to me why, nor has anybody been able to tell me where this money is actually going.
4: That's
0: not right.
3: Like every other day we're sending another billion dollars to Ukraine. Okay, we're into him for 40 billion dollars right now. And again, I wish them no ill will, but it is the country considered the most corrupt country in the world. The most. Okay, and we're sending them forty billion dollars. I feel like we're within our rights to want to see some itemized receipts for where this money is going. Okay, but we don't see receipts. Okay, nor do we really see the fact that Hunter Biden was doing what in Ukraine at the time when his dad was the sitting vice president and they were trying to negotiate an energy deal with our country. A Ukrainian power company throws him on the board, despite the fact that Amish people know more about electricity than Hunter Biden. Believe me, he's only getting that gig because of his proximity to the vice president. No one's sitting around at a board meeting in the other side of the world going, well, you know, what we need on the board to get this thing moving. We need somebody who was kicked out of the Chateau Marmont for doing too much drugs. You know the hotel where Belushi overdosed? (laughs) We've got a guy that was actually thrown out of there for drug use. That's how carried away it got. I think he'd be good on the board. Everybody would be looking at the guy like, yo, have you ever had a checkup? And then they'd throw him out of the board meeting. But in this instance, they didn't throw him out of the board meeting. Why? Because his dad was the vice president of the United States. Did he sell influence? I don't know. But it'd be really nice to see some intellectual curiosity out of the media. And I got to tell you, they might not be interested in showing some now, but they're going to want to because this guy is historically unpopular. He's about to lose everything in the midterms. And the only thing they have to lose from there is their credibility or what little of it they have left after stumping for guys like Biden. And yes, handsy Andy Cuomo. Andy! Andy! And that's my prediction. I said it before. I'll say it again. Andrew Cuomo was a useful idiot in the run up to the election. They built him up to tear down Trump. They overlooked the fact that he had signed this insane elder side executive order that was getting people killed in nursing homes by making them take in COVID patients, gave them civil and criminal immunity so they'd play along with it. And what ultimately happened? The media looked the other way on all of it because it was a political liability in an election year. But the minute it was over, what did they start talking about? The fact that he was a little frisky around the
0: office. You ever seen a grown man naked? They got rid of him. Why did they get rid of him? Okay,
3: because it was easier to throw him out on sexual harassment than it was to revisit the fact that they had covered up everything that went on in the nursing homes. The media better find a way to chase Biden out of town because this Hunter story isn't going away any time soon.
1: Oh, you're right. And when you're right, you're right. And you, you're always right.
2: Jimmy Fallon. Nice kid, but a little dumb. You're listening to Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon.
3: Oh, boy. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Talking about Biden. Talking about this Hunter Biden mess. Man, oh, boy, oh, man. It's such a dumb time to be an American. It really is. Like, if you're listening to the show for the first time, uh, you got to know. Like, what I'm trying to do every day when we cover the news is give you, like, a sober assessment of what's going on. Like, you're allowed to disagree with me. I don't care. I'm not trying to run our democracy. I'm not an activist. I'm a talk show host. But as somebody who, like, objectively just watches the country right now, it's just, it's all so dumb. It really is. Like the issues we're debating in the run-up to the election, we're going to get into this with Carrie Lake in a little while, As the left is yelling about you know, climate change, which i got to be honest with you, nobody cares. Nobody cares about climate change. They don't. They don't care. Uh, it is such a white privilege issue. If you're rich enough and elitist enough to have the luxury of concerning yourself with what the weather's going to do in 50 years, God love you. You're doing a lot better than most of us. Okay, but the honest answer to who is pushing climate change nine times out of ten is people who are so rich— They're using other people as furniture. Okay, they're that loaded. The, you know, the Leonardo DiCaprio's of the world, the Harrison Ford's of the world, the John Kerry's of the world, flying around in private jets, the Prince Harry's of the world. Do you want to know why? Because decent people who are that successful, decent people, they do feel some level of guilt. I've told you this before on the show. Uh, I am the furthest thing from a rich person, but as a guy who used to be a cab driver, you would imagine that I feel very fortunate right now to be living this life in the media, on the radio and on TV, so much so that I feel a sense of guilt all the time and I tip cab drivers to the point that they think I'm romantically interested in them. They're like, wow, this, this Fox guy, he's kind of checking me out. I don't know what's going on here. And I'm like, no, I just feel bad. Uh, but there's like a line, there's like a line of cabbies outside the house right now with like a bottle of wine thinking we're gonna go see the new Billy Eichner film. Uh, here's a newsflash. We'd be the only two in the theater, fellas. Uh, but bottom line is this. Okay, people who got really rich feel some guilt about the fact that a lot of them play, uh, get paid to fly pretend spaceships for a living. (laughs) So they're out there trying to save the world in real life as a result. But are they actually changing any of their own lifestyles to do it? No, they're telling you to make all the sacrifices. And that's the scam.
4: Democrats are so full of crap.
2: It's the morning show that uh, overslept. Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon.
3: Oh, you bet it is. We've got Russell Fry coming up. He is a South Carolina congressional candidate. He was out campaigning with Tim Scott from South Carolina. Tim Scott, still to this day, insisting that Rocky 3 is, in fact, the best Rocky. Wrong. I don't know. That's a good one. That's the one where he fights Mr. T. Clubber Lang. He fights Clubber Lang. That's the one where he wrestles Thunderlips. Do you remember that one? And, uh, you know, he gets into that whole argument with Mr. T before the fight. Shut up, fool! Okay, the point is, it's a controversial pick. It's the most controversial thing Tim Scott ever did. He's like the nicest human being that ever lived. So the fact that he's endorsing Russell Fry makes me excited to meet Russell Fry. Uh, but what's going on across the country right now, with 35 days to go between now and the midterms, is not all Rocky Three debates. And homey little tales about campaigns. We're seeing a real dirty politics for the stretch run of this race. And down in Georgia, and it's funny because we had Herschel Walker on the show last week. You know, we talked about the fact that Herschel Walker is getting called every racist name in the book for being what? A black conservative because they can't dare acknowledge the existence of actual black conservatives because the Democrats want you to believe they have the monopoly of thought. They want you to believe minorities are a monolith, and that's why they're hemorrhaging support with Latinos. That's why they're hemorrhaging support with black voters. It's because their priorities are not the priorities of either of those two communities. But this war on Herschel Walker is really disgusting, okay? And now they're dredging up a story, an anonymous story. It goes through the Daily Beast. He's suing the author of the piece— but they're accusing him of paying for an abortion. He denies it. Here he is talking to Sean Hannity, clip one.
5: First question, do you know the woman that is making this allegation?
6: I have no no idea, but it is a flat-out lie. And, uh, and now you know how important this seat is. This seat is very important that they'll do anything to win this seat, lie, because they want to make it by everything else except what the true problems that we have in this country is, this inflation the border wide open, crime, they don't want to talk about that. So they're making up lies now because they need this Georgia seat.
3: Well, that's true. They do need the seat, and they have established that nothing is beneath them when it comes to slandering black conservatives. They Remember, they called Tim Scott Uncle Tim on Twitter, and they let a trend for 11 hours after he gave a rebuttal to the State of the Union address. But the big allegation here is what? That Herschel Walker might have paid for an abortion... Okay, so they're saying, how dare you allow this guy to be your Senate candidate? I mean, listen, Raphael Warnock was accused of domestic abuse by his wife, and he's fighting in court to seal their child custody case because of Lord knows what's in it. Now, to be clear, I don't know what's in it. You know what else? I don't know whether or not Herschel Walker paid to get an abortion. Okay, I don't know where he was in life. I don't know what the stakes were. I'm not here to judge one way or the other on the overall character of being. Because if we've learned anything from politics in the last few years, is that nobody, nobody in office is perfect. Okay, I'm not here, okay, to elect a preacher. I just need people that will advance the right policies. Like the fact that Herschel Walker is willing to acknowledge crime is a out of control problem for all communities. Okay, that he's here to say we need more police, that he's here to say we need to secure the border, that he's here to say we need to get inflation under control. It makes him a better choice if I'm living in Georgia than the guy who isn't supporting any of that with his party platform. Okay, they're pushing abortion up until day of birth, climate change. And infinite genders. There are no more biological differences between men and women.
0: Boys have a penis. Girls have a vagina.
3: A lot of people know that. But again, the Democrats, this is like what they consider an October surprise. I got to be honest, man. And I'm just telling you, it's so reflective of how out of touch political strategists are with people on the ground. Political strategists take polls over the phone. Okay, they hang out in their focus group and they use terms like equity and inclusion and all these other dumb things that make it sound like they're doing something for communities of color. But they don't actually get out there and talk to them because if they did get out there and talk to them, they would never be mentioning climate change and gender and all of this late term abortion because it's not something anybody's prioritizing right now. Okay, if you can't pay for goods, if you're scared of getting mugged on the way to the store when you do go – the last thing you care about is any of this crap. So when they try to make this some kind of a referendum, is oh, maybe he's taking a hypocritical stance on abortion. Ho ho! I really, I just, I don't think it's going to change anybody's vote. But I do think they're going to continue to take this approach because they don't have a deliverable. Okay, there's no policy the Democrats can point to and say, hey, minority voters, this made you more money. Hey, this made you safer. Hey, this got your kids an education. Democrats were the ones who shut down schools. While they were yelling about equity and inclusion and canceling Aunt Jemima and telling us all the cops were racist, what were the Democrats doing to black children? Denying them an education in inner cities. Okay, because the teachers union is the most powerful lobbyist group in the Democratic Party, they were able to successfully persuade Democrats. Understand, kids went, some of them, a full year and a half without getting back into a classroom. And now this isn't specific to any race, any gender, any community. OK, we know across the board that if kids aren't in the classroom, they're learning a lot less. I love the poorly educated. But understand, OK, the American Academy of Pediatrics in the summer of 2020 in the run up to the election said, hey, we got to put the kids back into school. OK, they're safer in school. Thankfully, by the grace of God, they have low rates when it comes to COVID infection. They have infinitesimally low rates when it comes to the mortality rate from COVID, less than 0.01%. And again, thank God, that's a good thing. I don't want to be cavalier with our children. But we were denying kids the right to go to school, which you understand affects them on a multitude of levels. One, okay, humans are social creatures. We need to be out. We need to be doing something. So locking a lot of kids up did what to them? It raised the rates of depression, raised the rates of anxiety, raised the rates of suicide by 300% for teenagers between the ages of 13 and 18. Okay, then you talk about kids that might come from an abusive household. It's a lot harder to diagnose a kid over Zoom when he's one of 30 thumbnails on a screen than it is if you're talking to him face-to-face every day and seeing the mood shifts and, heaven forbid, the physical alterations to the kid's appearance. Okay, teachers, kids were denied that window of diagnosis. And then, yes, you compound that with the lack of learning. And you realize all of this happened over politics, man, politics. The American Academy of Pediatrics said we got to open up. Trump said we got to open up. We can't live in fear. And what do the Democrats say? Hell no, you're not going to school. You're going to harm the children. How dare you? Why? Because the teachers unions wanted to day drink in their pajamas. Rosé all day, baby. Woo! And they told you what? You know, equity and level the plague field. And we've got to help the black community. While all the inner city schools were shut down. Some of them for a year and a half. So I got to be honest with you. I don't know what Herschel Walker did with an abortion. I've met him. I've hung out with him. I love him. He was great. Okay, I don't know that my opinion of him as a Senate candidate would change based on what he's fighting for down in Georgia. Because if there's one thing you've learned from following the Herschel Walker story, it's that he's as good of a fighter as anybody out there. Okay, he was an illiterate fat kid growing up. Okay, he taught himself by speaking in front of a mirror how to beat his stutter. He then began a regiment of 5,000 push-ups and 5,000 sit-ups a day. What
6: the hell did you just say?
3: And became Herschel Walker, which, by the way, is as good of an American story as there is. Poor black kid from a tiny Georgia town with no money, next to no education, a speech impediment. He's out of shape, okay, takes the time and the commitment to turn himself into the greatest college football running back of all time. I mean, if you want to tell me Bo Jackson, fine. I can't count Reggie Bush. He was making too much money under the table while he was shacking up with the Kardashians in between games.
6: Oh, yes. I've read about that in the Bible. But
3: the point is, Herschel Walker is good of a guy as I know, as good of a fighter as you've ever seen. Okay? I'd rather have him representing my interest in Washington. I'm far more likely to believe he's going to take the fight to special interest groups than a guy like Warnock, who's just a rubber stamp for the go-along-to-get-along-D.C. establishment politicians. So maybe there is some hypocrisy. I don't have an answer. There's hypocrisy on every side of every issue, unfortunately, in this day and age. Okay, But the bottom line is the Democrats are going into this position, slandering Herschel Walker as a father... Okay, slandering Herschel Walker for his positions on children when they have harmed more children in the last two years living. And let's be honest, because of their support of abortion, children who didn't even get to live. So if it really comes down to a decision on who's best for our children, I'm going to go for the guy that fights to keep the schools open from the guys that are fighting to keep them closed. I'm going to go for the guy who's fighting to be pro-life and to limit access to abortion Over the guy who's saying we should be doing it up to the day they're
2: born.
4: He's a lousy dad, but he's right.
2: Jimmy Fallon. He's got great charisma. Yeah. He's always dressed fantastic. He has what I call... This is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon.
3: It is Fox Across America with the main man, Jimmy Fallon. Now, I've been a lot of things. I've been a New York City cab driver, you know, i hosted a nationally syndicated talk show. I was just outnumbered from 12 to 1 uh, right here on the Fox News Channel, surrounded by four brilliant, badass ladies. One thing I have never been, I, I got to be clear about this, is an eighth grade ping pong champion. But joining us now on the show is a man who has a superstar representative uh, candidate from the great state of South Carolina. I am talking about Russell Fry. Hey, man, how you living? I'm
5: living great. You know, we we had a hurricane come through here. Um, it didn't hit us as hard as Florida, thankfully, but we are doing well and uh, recovering well. And it's, uh, it's, a, it's a good day to be a South Carolinian for sure.
3: Well, I agree with that. But now you have to speak to what I just introduced you as is you are you are an eighth grade ping pong champion. Is that true? I was. yeah.
5: You know, I mean, they give participation trophies out all the time now, but you know, I actually got a real trophy for
3: ping pong. So here we go. All right. Well, me knowing. OK, well, knowing politics and knowing what I was doing in eighth grade, I just need to ask, is ping pong champion a cleaned up way of saying you were a beer pong champion?
5: Uh, no comment right now, no comment. <laughs> Russell Fry.
3: We've got a scandal, I kid. Well, thank you for joining us. I understand you are out campaigning with Senator Tim Scott, uh, who is beloved on this show. Although he got into trouble uh, because he once claimed that Rocky III is the best Rocky. Now that film came out before you were born. I believe you were born in 1985. But Scott Correct. is still, Scott is still trying to buy that interview tape back from me. So if you tell, if you see him, just tell him I'm firm on my price, and he'll know what you mean. Okay.
5: I'll, I'll, definitely, I'll definitely do that. Yeah, we, we might have to have a conversation about that, too,
3: you know. Yeah, yeah. No, it could land him in some hot water. But I want to talk to you about South Carolina specifically where you're running, um, because what I keep telling my radio audience is I feel like the Democrats have a set of priorities that are nobody else's. Like when you're on the campaign trail, are people running up to you talking about climate change and late term abortion? Or are they talking to you about like, oh, I don't know, the economy and crime?
5: Yeah, none of that. I mean, it's, it's silly season when you see what's coming out of Washington, D.C., and then you hear what people are talking about back home. There is such a massive disconnect. I mean, it's 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 enraging to any of us that care about the future of our country, you know, that you see what, what you see coming out of our nation's capital. Uh, and people aren't talking about that. I mean, I was just in a small town, Latta, South Carolina, uh, last week, and I even had Democrats say we are done with where we're where we're headed right now. We are not voting for more of the same with this democratic leadership. So I think it cuts across Partisan boundaries. People want to talk about the economy. They want to talk about the border. They want to talk about uh, inflation, gas prices, you name it. They don't want to talk about this other stuff that's coming uh, from uh, Nancy Pelosi, Joe Biden agenda.
3: Yeah, it's fascinating because, uh, you know, I think what the Democrats are doing too much of is just talking to each other. Because I don't know anybody. If you're out on the ground anywhere in America, it's not even specific to South Carolina everyone's concern is inflation, everyone's concern is the economy, as it should be, because that's what's ultimately determining everything else. I mean, one of the reasons crime goes up is the economy goes down. Everybody knows there's a, you know, direct relationship between a lack of economic opportunity and a higher rate of violent crime. Um, So in that regard, I do feel like they're misreading the room. Um, But what I wanted to ask you about your own perception of the room is heading to Washington, uh, which is where everyone's hoping you'll end up at the end of this thing, uh, puts you in a really unique Unique position is one of the newer younger guys out there there's a lot of young good new blood in the Republican Party have you kind of noticed this is what I wanted to ask you um, that oddly enough like the Republicans are now considered the fun party getting away from issues we're actually considered like the more lighthearted side when it comes to people you might want to hang out with as opposed to people who want to cancel you for telling a joke have you noticed that out there
5: Well, we are. I mean, just look at the Democratic Party leadership right now. I mean, I mean, I mean, there's an old political theory. You know, you vote for somebody based on who you want to have a beer with. And to Mm -hmm. some people, that's probably true. But Mm -hmm. I think you're right. I mean, I think you look at uh, the the conservative message and the people who are are stepping forward uh, to to be in the fight. And I I think the Republicans have a great uh, field of candidates for November. um, And so I'm excited about it. I'm excited, hopefully, to be part of that new conservative majority that – Takes the gavel out of Nancy Pelosi's hands and restores some sanity uh, to our nation's capital.
3: Imagine that. We're talking to Russell Fry. He is, of course, a congressional candidate in the seventh district of South Carolina. Uh, I did hear that analogy you just made about the candidate you want to have a beer with, which confirms my theory about your ping pong championship. I do believe there were red solo cups involved in the match. No further comment needed. Uh, one, <laughs> one other Russell Fry question though that I got to get to the bottom of. It does say in your Twitter bio that your sock game is on point. Are you a bit of a fancy sock guy?
5: I am. You know, in fact you were talking about Tim Scott earlier, so every time I see the senator we always compare. So he's either the more bland one or I am, depending on the day Uh, But we always compare the socks that day. You know, I mean, if you've ever seen the movie Office Space, there's a minimum amount of flair that you can have. That's kind of my sock game is we don't have the minimum. We go all out.
3: You go big. But as long as you're not wearing actual flair, like I'll take a flag pin or if you got some kind of challenge thing on a lapel, fine. But tell me you're not wearing, you know, the adornment of TGI Friday's medals. No, 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 no. Just just, uh, just some funky socks every All now and then. Right. I got to look out for a guy. All right. Good to know. And then one other policy thing I wanted to get into is on the border. I think what's happening a lot with the border specifically is there, everybody is getting away from the fact that, yes, the border is you know predominantly Arizona and Texas. But what nobody seems to be speaking to is the fact that the drugs coming in over that border don't stay there. They wind up everywhere, including in your state. Um, do you hear a lot about fentanyl on the campaign trail? Like, what is the takeaway there?
5: It's amazing. You know, Jimmy, I've actually done a lot of work on the opioid epidemic in South Carolina as a member of the General Assembly. And and we had 18 bills that we passed through. And so I've I've studied this a lot. I've watched what other states do to handle it. And it's amazing that the numbers continue to creep up. But it's fentanyl. I mean, fentanyl is pouring in. Uh, and it's linked to 75% of you know of overdose-related deaths at this point. Mm-hmm. It's the number one killer for people under 45. I mean, it's just astronomical figures that are going on. So people are very well aware of it, and they're very concerned about it. And like you said, it's, it's an immigration issue. It's a national security issue. But what I hear most right now is fentanyl and human trafficking. And those two things uh, are a direct result of a Biden administration that doesn't even go to the border. They just pretend that it doesn't exist. And, you know, we can continue in South Carolina or other states, and local governments can continue to throw money at this and try to get people rehabilitated and try to make sure that we're, we're uh, messaging you know, the dangers of fentanyl. But it is like catching water in a bucket of a leaky roof rather than fixing the roof. We need to fix the roof. We need to fix the border. And when people do that – you're going to start to see a very drastic drop in these these deaths that are coming into our country from illicitly manufactured fentanyl coming from China.
3: Listen, I will drink to that, Russell Fry. Let's hope you and your fancy socks make it all the way to Washington. I'll come back soon. Yes,
5: sir appreciate it Jimmy. It's always uh,
3: always a pleasure. Sir. you too, my man. Have a great day. There he goes. The legendary Russell Fry, your GOP candidate in the seventh congressional district of South Carolina. get out and vote. This country's a mess.
2: Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Oh, yes, it sure is. And we
3: are getting ready for just an absolute embarrassment of radio riches in this hour of Fox Across America. Carrie Lake is going to be here. She's, of course, the Republican nominee for governor in the great state of Arizona out in the 602. And uh, she is going to stop by to separate fact from fiction, is what I would say in this hour. Because when it comes to the Carrie Lake candidacy, you really get two takes. It's like you watch the videos. I played you a clip yesterday where she just gutted a reporter for trying to, you know, create the perception that pro-life women are the radicals on the de- abortion argument. OK, and you're like, wow, what a tactful, factual, incisive takedown of this reporter in the line of questioning. But then you go on the Twitter and it's like, oh, no, she was literally married to Hitler. Like, no, you don't understand. Like, she's going to round us all up and we're all going to die if she gets elected. And that they're crazy. They really are. And to be honest with you, what I always have a hard time doing is figuring out the difference between like what people on the left actually believe and what they're actually just flat out selling in an attempt to win over some votes like Democrats know that cops aren't racist. Democrats know that uh, in no world would we be safer with less cops on the street. They all know that maybe with the exception of Cory Bush. You know, I've been playing you her clips for a while about how she was the one yelling to defund the police. And then she got caught spending $300,000 on a private police detail for her own protection after the fact. OK, she was on Good Morning America a little bit earlier in the day. Uh, and she, uh, while talking to George Stephanopoulos, she reiterated her support for defund the police and got into a little semantics, but then made the same point she's been making for two years, which is that we need to focus on the problem of police violence ...in this country. And they play the game show buzzer wrong because of what? The old adage that when you have the facts, you pound the facts. When you got nothing, you pound the table. Bingo. Democrats have been pounding the table... On violent police for two years, so much so that major municipalities like New York and Los Angeles, Chicago, Milwaukee, actually cut police budgets by billions of dollars. That's stupid. Use your common sense. And the ensuing spike in violent crime, of course, actually wound up hurting the minority community the most. But they were able to weaponize a narrative that the cops were a bigger threat to the communities than the criminals. And they did so with the help of idiots. Like Cory Bush. She is an idiot. It's not because of her race. It's not because of her gender. I'm not being misogynistic. Stupid people come in all shapes and sizes. Every race, every gender. It's all over the map. And if you don't believe me, watch a few hours of CNN. CNN is the worst. Here's Cory Bush on ABC of all places sticking by Defund the Police. Clip 28. You're one of the few Democrats now who still says let's defund
4: the police. Are you worried at all that that could hurt some of your colleagues going into the midterm elections?
3: See, the,
5: the thing about defund the police is we have to tell the entire narrative. People hear defund the police, but you know what they'll say? Say reallocate, say divest, say move. Uh, but it's still the same thing. We can't get caught up on the words. We People spend more time focusing on
3: the word defund than they spend on caring and addressing the problem of police violence. What would you do with the brain
0: if you had one?
3: People spend more time on words. Than they do on the problem of police violence. Can you
4: imagine being that stupid?
3: Hey, let's just jump in here for a second. Because, you know, we don't want to talk about words. We want to focus on the problem of police violence. That's what Cori Bush said. Let's focus on the problem of police violence. Our murder rate, illegal killings in this country, is at a 35-year high. Were any of those murders committed by cops? The answer would be no. Zero. Okay. Do you understand? This is why I say stupid people. Everybody wants bad cops held accountable. Okay. When we watched the George Floyd video, Derek Chauvin, everybody said, no, you can't do that. That's horrific. Oh my God. That guy should die in a prison. Okay. Where we drew a fork in the road with Democrats is they obviously couldn't get any value out of that consensus, saying let justice run its course, let this guy be held accountable by the system. That wasn't enough for them. Okay, to be clear, the system worked. Derek Chalvin's going to go to jail for life, as he should. Can't kneel on the guy's neck for eight and a half minutes. Okay, cops tell you that. Come on, man. Don't be silly. That being said, we didn't agree with the idea that George Floyd, a junkie who once pulled a knife on a pregnant woman, should be treated as some type of a martyr or a saint or be plastered on murals all over the country as some type of an inspirational figure for children. Okay, what's the message? Resist arrest? You might get famous someday? Not in the best set of circumstances, but famous nonetheless? These shouldn't be our heroes. Okay, what we didn't agree with, bigger than that, though, was the Democratic argument in an election year that it wasn't cops that knelt on George Floyd's neck. It was all of us. America knelt on his neck because we're systemically racist as a country. That is a fact check false. Dude, the vast, vast, vast majority of this country is so far past race in the integrated year of 2022, the wildly integrated year of 2022. Racism is a byproduct of ignorance. People hate things that they don't know about. They fear them because they're not sure of them. They have questions. They have, you know, to be honest with you, illogical concerns. (laughs) Okay, yes, I don't doubt that there are, you know, one one millionth of the population out there filled with stupid people who are actually racist. Okay, but the vast, vast, vast majority of this country is so cross-pollinated in terms of the workplace, in terms of our politics, in terms of our entertainment... OK, sports, movies, anything in between. There's no place in polite society where you can keep your job. If you say, I don't like people X, people Y, you can't do it. OK, if you were a driver for Domino's and you posted a TikTok video saying, I don't like these people, you get doxed. They leak your address within an hour and you get fired immediately.
2: He knows what he's talking
3: about. Nowhere in society is anyone tolerating racism. OK, it's not a thing. Again, are there ignorant people out there? Of course there are. But this idea that the cops are those people, I mean, dude. Come
2: on, don't bullshit me.
3: When cops respond to the scene of a crime, the cops see crime in progress. A good example of that would be out in Kenosha, Kenosha, Wisconsin, where Jacob Blake, a black man, had pulled a knife on a black woman who happened to have an order of protection against him. He attempted to then abduct their black child, okay, after sexually assaulting the mom at knife point in front of the kid. Cops arrive on the scene. This, this gentleman resists arrest. They get into a violent altercation. He ultimately gets shot six times, okay, and the people in the media, the Democrats running for office that summer, wanted you to believe the cops were the bad guys, okay? There are murals. There are murals to Jacob Blake, In fact, during the Democratic convention in the summer of 2020, Kamala Harris, okay, your vice president of the United States, went to the hospital to visit Jacob Blake. Kamala's awful with her weird laugh. (laughs) Ha ha! And I say that because why? She didn't go visit the woman, sexually assaulted at knife point in front of her kid. Didn't take the kid to Carvel. Nothing like, no, nothing for you. No, no. You're not politically viable. Who cares if you got abducted at knife point? This isn't about you or your life individually. This is about what kind of symbol we can use your life as. And that's what they did with a dirtbag like Jacob Blake. Cops showing up to the scene where a woman has been sexually assaulted at knife point and the kid, okay, he has attempted to kidnap. Okay, the Democrats want you to believe the cop shot him because of the color of his skin. Okay, because of the color of his skin. Nah, it wasn't the knife, wasn't the woman, wasn't the kid. No, that's not why cops shoot. Do you understand how stupid that is, how hyper reductive and intellectually lazy that is? And I'll be the first guy to admit, okay, that cops have had very problematic relationships with minority communities over the years. And to be honest with you, cops have been on the wrong side of a lot of things. Okay, I'm not out here telling you they're throwing a perfect game, but I am telling you in this day and age, this desire to conflate one bad cop with all cops in the name of political gain makes all of us less safe as a result. Cops are reluctant to do their jobs. OK, a lot of cops are retiring early from those jobs. They're having a hard time recruiting for those jobs. Why? Because you go up to a crime scene, you save a woman's life and you get called a racist. OK, you get told, oh, you only shock the color of his skin as if there's any color of skin. Where the cops show up where a woman is being sexually assaulted at knife point and be like, oh, oh, I, I didn't realize you're, you know, you're a white guy. OK, well, you finish up. Uh, take the back roads. We don't want to see you out here. If you're hungry, there's a Wendy's down the road. That's not going on. Do you understand? Cops don't fight race. Cops fight crime. OK, but people like Corey Bush, who reduce it to issues of race, are harming their own communities. That's why I say she's stupid. She is weapons grade stupid that's
0: true that is true
3: okay there's so much stupidity right now in our politics when it comes to words she said i don't want to focus on words but that's what the democrats do everyone's an extremist oh you're a republican extremist this carrie lake gal out in arizona she's pro-life arizona has restrictive abortion laws what kind of extremist would want babies to live and like, are you listening to yourself? Cause I gotta be honest with you. I don't know. Give it letting a baby live is not the most extreme thing in the world. Oh, you're gonna miss nine months in your cubicle. You're gonna have to work a little harder. I can just tell you as someone who is fortunate enough, okay, to be given the gift from God that is the opportunity to raise a child that is the most profoundly wonderful and empowering thing. Now, I know people say every child is a gift. That's not true. There are kids out there you wish you held on to the receipt for. I've met a few of them. They're in my family. I've got nieces and nephews. But the point is, raising a child is one of the most humbling and incredible opportunities known to man. And I'm going to go out on a limb and say that 99.9 times out of 100 Okay, the fact that you got to raise a child is going to empower you a lot more going forward than the
0: fact that you got to kill one. What can I tell you, kid? You're right. When you're right, you're right. You're right.
3: Which is why when Carrie Lake was addressed by a reporter. Carrie Lake, she's an extremist. What do you mean pro-life? This is a war on women. You know no one ever brings up? The women in the womb that are actually getting killed by abortion. I think he's got a point. Okay, Seriously. This is a, I, I gotta be honest with you, it's, it's a war. Letting them live is not nearly the act of war that not letting them live is. Here is Carrie Lake, the extremist. Okay, clapping back on a reporter, clip 24.
1: Abortion is effectively banned in the state right now. Tell me, do you, is that something that you support? I support saving as many lives as possible. And what I really wanna know, and I've been waiting, I tune into you guys all the time, I wanna know where Katie Hobbs stands, but n- I never hear you guys ask for that. I'm pro-life. My plan would be that every woman who walks into an abortion clinic know that there are options out there. They don't have to choose that. There's families who would love to adopt a baby. And right now, the way it's been going, they go in and they they only have one option. That's it. Nobody tells them that there's other options. We want to help our women. If they're afraid, we want to help them. We want to give women health care. And I want to help people. But I really challenge you, and I'm I'm happy to get back to you on this, when you find out where Katie Hobbs stands, Mm -hmm. because let me tell you where she stands... She supports abortion right up until birth and after birth. She supports if a baby survives a botched abortion, that that baby die on a cold metal tray. And none of you ever try to get her to talk about her stance. So get back to me after you do.
3: Fox Across America audience going wild. I mean, really think about that. Okay, let's talk about words. What's extreme? Okay. Is extreme letting a baby live? Is extreme limiting abortion to 12 weeks? No. Killing a baby after it can live outside the mom, two months after it can live outside the mom, that's extreme. Killing a baby that survives an abortion, that's extreme. Okay. It's like human trafficking. They told you Ron DeSantis putting 50 migrants on a bus to Martha's Vineyard. Oh, that's human trafficking. Okay. I mean, really think about that. No concern for the actual human trafficking. We saw 53 migrants suffocate in a tractor trailer coming across our border at the hands of actual human traffickers. Not a word. No, 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 this DeSantis guy. Because, again, the politics are always more important than the people. So the people who come on my show that I really try to get to know, you know, bring up some weird fun facts, talk to them about their sports teams, is I am trying to give you the person behind the policy. Okay, because the God's honest truth is there's not a lot of people in Washington that think of you as a person. They think of you as a number, as a vote, as, you know, a tax dollar they can collect. Okay. I'm trying to get people back to a place where you realize it's more important not for our political party to win, but for people to thrive. Okay. The way we do politics now is it's a team sport. Okay, and everybody just wants their party to win. And that's enough. Oh, we won, all right, I'm good. I'll see you in a few years. And then the quality of life goes to complete hell as it has because it was so much more important to beat Donald Trump okay, than it was to deal with any of these issues. Why? Because they didn't exist under Donald Trump. We didn't have a 40-year high in inflation. We didn't have a porous border. We didn't have a record level of fentanyl deaths. Okay, That wasn't going on. That's the bigger issue we're dealing with now is the superficial battles we fought in the name of winning an election have now left us with a bunch of people in the White House who have no idea what they're doing. I'm Kamala Harris,
1: and I approve this message.
2: Critics are calling it the show of the year. Personally, I think we got hosed on that call. You're listening to Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon.
3: It is Fox Across America with Jimmy failing. Some personal news really quick. Uh, Verizon, can you help my mom fix her internet? She can't listen to the show right now.
0: That's not right.
3: (laughs) My mom is texting me. She wants to listen to the show. She says she's not getting a signal. I got to be honest with you. I think if you miss two days of this show, you're probably better off for it if we're If we're telling each other the truth. Oh, it's a tough crowd in that booth. But the other personal news, excited to share, just a little one. But uh, the show's in Vegas at the Red Rock Resort now officially sold out. Oh, girl.
2: How about it? It's a big deal.
3: To a chubby former cab driver, man who plays video games in his 40s, to be selling out Vegas casinos. Thank you. It's a really big deal. Those gigs, November the 5th. I can no longer get you a ticket. Uh, You could probably go to the secondary market and buy a ticket. Uh, But just go to the casino. You're going to find me passed out at a blackjack table within two hours of the show ending.
2: Fat, drunk, and stupid is no way to go through life.
3: I would argue it's worked out fine for me. And if you'd like to see me fat, drunk, and stupid this weekend, yo, we're going down to Oklahoma. And we are pumped up. We're doing an event with KRMG in Tulsa this Friday afternoon. I'm doing the show live from KRMG. Then we're doing a meet and greet at the Cape Brewing Company right there in Tulsa. Then Saturday night is a live stand-up show at the Chisholm Trail Expo Center. That's in Enid, Oklahoma. You can get tickets for that still at TicketStorm.com. Come hang out. And if you're not in Oklahoma and you're in Iowa, the following Saturday, Fox Across America heads out to Iowa. I'll be at the Bridgeview Center in Ottumwa, Iowa. And I can't even say this on the air, but we have added dates in the great state of Washington uh, October the 28th and October the twenty. 20- actually, I can say this. I'm actually reading the email right now. Oh, I can confirm. If you're in the Washington area, I'll be in Spokane at the Spokane Comedy Club. Friday night, October the 28th. Saturday night, October the 29th. Uh, going to be out there. It's Halloween weekend. Get rad. Put on a crazy costume. Come hang out with your radio buddy. Those tickets are literally going on sale As I speak to you, because I'm reading this confirmation email as of 226 Eastern time, which was about three minutes ago. So we got a lot of opportunities to get together um, one way or the other. And we're going to be getting together with the GOP gubernatorial candidate, Carrie Lake, who is going to be joining us in a few minutes here to have a grown up talk about all things America. And I'm going to give you a fun fact on the abortion debate when we come back that was brought to me by my brother, Mike who is officially now the research department for Fox Across America. We're outsourcing our work, just like everybody else in Washington.
2: It's America's life, Coach. Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon.
3: Oh, you bet it is. And I promised you a fact stemming from the abortion debate when we came back from break. This clip is not that fact. Here it is. It is clip 23.
4: Can biological men become pregnant and give birth? Um, so men can have
1: pregnancies, especially trans men.
4: <laughs> get them out of here. Get him
1: out. <laughs>
3: that was the Planned Parenthood expert who testified last week that biological men can get pregnant. You're not telling me the truth. There is no world, zero, zip, zilch, none. There is no biological man who has ever gotten pregnant. It can't happen. Here's one for you. If men are having babies, where's the baby coming out? What the hell did you just say? Just, no, seriously. Where's it coming out? Is it a, I, I, a behind baby? Is it a, I've heard all the horror stories about passing a kidney stone. I can't imagine what it would be like to pass a baby out of that thing. Ah! So when people tell you men can have babies, they're lying to you. That is not a fact. But I bring up this whole abortion debate because it's hard to follow. It went from a women's right to choose. Men should shut their mouths. This is a time for men to listen. This is about women. But the same people on that political side of the article aisle are also telling you again that men can have babies. Not even close. <laughs> okay, it's crazy. But when we talk about extremes, that's the discussion we were having. Carrie Lake's an extremist because she's pro-life. Okay, and everybody says, oh, this is a war on women. Folks, no one is saying, okay, no one is saying women can't take the pill. No one is saying women can't abstain from having sex. No one is saying women can't use condoms. And, yes, you could point out that these are not 100% effective. I agree. I agree. That's where abstaining might come in handy if you were that adamant about not having a child. But there's also a a morning after pill. Heaven forbid none of these other things work. Seventy percent of the abortions in this country actually take place via pill in this day and age, which is something that's not nearly as barbaric as what the Democrats are proposing in terms of late term abortion, partial birth abortion, and things in between. That's barbaric. That will be judged by history as this generation's slavery, an unspeakable human rights atrocity that Democrats were okay with. Okay, just like slavery, that's where they are on abortion. But one of the things pro-life people talk about, you know, the extremists, is that you could, hey, I don't know, maybe let the baby live and just give it up for adoption. Okay, do you know how many families out there would love to adopt a baby? Um, oh, Oh, millions, actually, millions would like to adopt a baby. Millions who haven't been fortunate enough to have the ability to bear children would love to adopt a baby. In fact, there are lines and wait lists and all kinds of organizations devoted to it. And yes, you could give your kid up for adoption. If you had one, you just didn't want to raise it. You thought it was interrupting your career. You thought it was going to be a burden or you didn't think you were adequately qualified to raise the kid. Okay, you know who else? Okay, had parents who gave up their child for abortion. The guy who's about to hopefully break the American League home run record for the Yankees, Aaron Judge, guy who's about to be a unanimous, unanimous MVP for the Yankees, might actually be the Triple Crown winner this year. uh, Aaron Judge was adopted the day after he was born. Okay, I'm not saying your baby is going to grow up to be Aaron Judge. Okay, but the point is, think of what we end up with. Okay, A guy who is one of the greatest forces of good in this country. Aaron Judge is the best brand ambassador to baseball we have. He's cool. He's not a scandal-ridden lunatic. Okay, He's not in trouble with the law. He's got a great reputation in the community. If you go to a Yankee game, he's out there an hour before the game signing autographs for kids, inspiring little kids to grow up and be just like him. Aaron Judge would not have been born... If the Democrats had their way. Oh, your low income African-American family, uh, low income African-American mother gets pregnant. uh, We got to get rid of this kid. That's the M.O. Do you remember when poor Tim Scott. Was actually talking on Capitol Hill. okay to your commerce secretary. And she talked about how abortion is good for labor rate participation, you know, because you've got these single moms that need to get to work. And Tim Scott said as the child. Of a poverty-stricken single mother, I'm glad my mom chose life. Think about Tim Scott. If the Democrats had their way, would not have been born. He's the first black man to serve in both houses of Congress, first as a representative, then as a senator. In South Carolina, of all places. Okay, if the Democrats had their way, you don't give birth to Tim Scott. You don't give birth to Aaron Judge. Okay, think about that. Aaron Judge, Tim Scott, two of the greatest American stories you've ever heard. Okay, guys that came from essentially nothing and wound up growing up to be everything anyone aspires to be in this country. Okay, they would not exist. They wouldn't exist if the Democrats had their way. The Democrats are not pushing safe, legal, and rare. That's not their stance on abortion. It was in the 90s when Bill Clinton was pushing abortion. Okay, because there was to be clear. a little more tax back then. There really was. You can say whatever you want about Bill Clinton. Okay, but his abortion stance was not this radical infanticide we're seeing now. Bill Clinton wanted to curry as much support for abortion as he could because, let's be honest, with his personal life, he needed to keep it legal.
6: I believe that together we can make America great again.
3: The point is, you can also choose life. And the people telling you to choose life are not the barbarians, are not the extremists in this conversation.
4: And I'm out here in the real world, and I know what's right or wrong or bullshit.
2: It's the show that never hits the books. I love the poorly educated. You're listening to Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon.
6: It is
3: Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. And if the band sounds fired up, it's because you better believe they are. The Think about this next guest is if you watch her interviews, you go, wow, this is a really brilliant woman who loves her country. But if you read Twitter, she's a lunatic who's going to kill most of us. Uh, joining me now to decide who she might spare, uh, superstar Arizona gubernatorial candidate Carrie Lake is on the show. Hello, Carrie Lake.
7: Oh, my gosh. You nailed it. That's exactly what's going on. If you, if you read the press, you think that everybody who cares about this country is a yeah. right-wing, whatever they're called, neo-not. You know, they're, just, <laughs> they're out of control. It's but cool. when you see the movement we have, there's nothing nothing you can do but smile and say, wow, we're going places, we're in good hands, and we're going to bring about some really great positive change for our states and communities.
3: No, you make a really great point. You know what happened? Like the words just kind of lost their power because they used them too much. And now it's almost like it's really weird. I grew up in the 80s, but it used to be an honor. Like if Weird Al Yankovic covered one of your songs, you know, did like a parody of your song. Yep. That, like getting called one of these names by a Democrat now is like a sign that you've made it in life. You know, it's like Weird Al Yankovic <laughs> did your song.
7: You're right. It's, I said this today. We just did a wonderful event. Governor Christy Noem came into town to help mm-hmm. campaign um, with me. And um, I said, if you're not being attacked, if you're not being called names, if you're not having a relentless, um, you know, hip pieces Mm -hmm. done on you, then you're probably not really – Standing where you need to stand, standing up for the people, and working to bring about change for our country.
3: That's a really great point. And I just want to talk about how extreme you are for a second. You actually know how to work a floor waxer because you were a janitor at one point. Is that correct?
7: (laughs) Yep. I've had a lot of different jobs. At one point during college, I I worked my way through college because I came from a very uh, humble beginning, and my family couldn't afford to put us through college. Mm -hmm. And at, at one point, I took a job as a janitor in a drug treatment center and I kind of joke now that that janitor job might be the best preparation for <laughs> politics because well, it is filthy dirty and we need to get a janitorial cleanup squad to come in <laughs> and clean up some of the mess that these you know political insiders and career politicians have caused
3: well no I, and I think everybody listening agrees with you but i I, I mention this because You know, there was an attempt the other day, okay, to portray you, Carrie Lake, as some type of extremist because of your pro-life stance. And everyone on this show, we played the clip a few times, we're so fascinated. It's kind of like you are, like a little bit of a viral sensation right now for the takedown. But what I'm fascinated by is they're trying to brand the pro-life crowd as the extremists. And essentially the argument you were making is, you know, they don't really need a dictionary. They need a mirror, no?
7: Exactly. It's like it's always opposite day with the media. (laughs) Whatever they're saying, it's just the opposite's true. What is extreme is where this abortion movement has gone. Remember if you're if you're my age, you remember when they said we want it to be rare but safe. Rare but safe. Now the push is anything but rare but safe. It is abortion right up until nine months of pregnancy and beyond. Mm-hmm. That's the extreme. That is the extreme, and I am proud to be pro-life. I want to save as many lives as possible. At the same time, I want to help women, and I I do believe in women's health care. I don't believe that taking the life of a baby is women's health care. We need to help these women who are afraid. I understand that. I understand being afraid. I was even afraid. I was wanting to get pregnant, and I was even a little bit afraid when I found out I was pregnant. We need to help these women. There are 2,700 pregnancy clinics here in Arizona, that are there to help women make great healthy choices. We need to make sure that we provide birth control and give women access to that birth control so we don't have so many unplanned pregnancies. And we certainly need to protect the babies and the women. And so I call on the media to call out and question my opponent. They never question her about where she stands on abortion because they know she stands for abortion right up until birth and after and they know that she voted on a piece of legislation that the, the the legislation was to provide life-saving measures and medical help to a baby who survives an abortion yeah. she voted no on that opting for a baby to die in a cold metal pl- tray yes. yeah. rather than be helped if that baby were to survive abortion it is sinister and it's sick and it is extreme and there's nothing extreme about being pro-life. I am proud to be pro-life and I want to help as many babies and moms as possible.
3: Well, we will drink to that. Carrie Lake is on the line. She is your Republican candidate for governor in the great state of Arizona. Now, I happen to know uh, you might not have heard this yet, but former President Trump is heading to Arizona this weekend to do an event. I am I'm, I'm breaking some news for you you and your team here. Uh, don't a tell me about him. this. <laughs> but as you're out there doing a rally with President Trump? isn't it kind of telling that nobody's lining up to do a rally with Joe Biden, the sitting president?
7: Oh, they don't even want him to come to their states. Did you hear of of a week or two ago, Mark Kelly, who's the Democrat who hopefully will be defeated by Blake Masters, and we're Mm -hmm. working hard to make sure that happens. Mm -hmm. When asked by a reporter if he would campaign if he wants Joe Biden to come to the state, he couldn't even come up with an answer. (laughs) Well, if I'm here, I might have to be in D.C. I don't know what I'm going to be doing. (laughs) it It was comical. Look over there, squirrel. Yeah, Joe Biden is the albatross that every Democrat is forced to wear around their neck.
1: It's, it because is.
7: that's the kind of policy that they're pushing, and they're pushing it in our states, and it's dangerous.
3: Well, well, that's okay, and I brought him up for that reason. Okay, you're in Arizona, okay? You're on you know the front lines of this border crisis, and we talk about fentanyl and everything in between happening at the border right now. Aren't you kind of fascinated that on a, just a tactical level, the Democrats are pushing things like climate change, abortion, and infinite genders instead of, hey, maybe we should close the front door of the House?
7: Yeah, it's it's really astounding that they do not have a better grip on what's really happening and what the people are concerned about. People are concerned about crime, this fentanyl crisis killing our young generation. You know, if you don't think that drugs can bring down a country, you need to do a little history yeah. uh, search and look at the opium wars. Mm-hmm. Drugs brought down a dynasty and they can certainly bring down this country and that's what they're attempting to do, the CCP working in conjunction with the cartels out of northern Mexico to funnel in as much of this deadly, the most deadly drug we've ever seen, fentanyl, Mm -hmm. in through Arizona. And I'm going to stand up and protect our border. I don't want to be known as the fentanyl state. We are the Grand Canyon state. I've talked to too many moms and dads who've lost children, who've taken one pill and died. This is a scourge, and we have to root it out. I'm going to take on the cartels at the border. I'm not afraid of them. What I'm afraid of is if somebody doesn't stand up and do the right thing at this moment in history, and we lose this great country, and the whole world is counting on us to save America.
3: It's, it's fascinating uh, because I, I do – And the f-
7: Democrats oh. are – I'm sorry. The yeah. Democrats are completely out of touch with what people care about. Yep. They truly are. They're trying to throw all these wedge issues in, and they're forgetting that Joe Biden has caused the, uh, the highest rate of inflation we've ever seen in our lifetimes. You know, I'm concerned that we move from a recession to a depression if we don't get that man out of the office in the White House. And we need to elect a competent leader in 2024. And I'm hoping President Trump will run again. We already know. He's proven that he knows how to turn our economy around and make sure that every class of citizen, every segment of the population will do better. He showed that he can do that. He did it. We were riding high and doing great under his leadership. And we need someone to go in like a janitorial crew, and do cleanup <laughs> after Joe Biden. After just 19 months, he's, he's practically destroyed our country.
3: The floor waxer is back on. There it is again. <laughs> <We're> talking. About... <laughs> Rev it up. Rev it up. Carrie Lake is on the line. She is your GOP nominee for governor in a great state of Arizona. My last question then is, you know, Arizona, okay, is going to host the Super Bowl this year. Now, assuming you win this thing, which I know the audience is rooting for, does a Governor Carrie Lake throw a halfway decent Super Bowl party?
7: <laughs> Let's throw a huge Super Bowl party. There you go. Let's throw a huge Super Bowl. My favorite part of the Super Bowl is the national anthem. I'll be honest. I'm I'm just there for the national anthem. But I'm um, hopefully we have a great team. It'd be great if our Arizona Cardinals yeah. were uh, in the Super Bowl this year. I'll keep my fingers crossed. <laughs> and we're we're really honored to have the Super Bowl here in Arizona, oh. and we will throw a big Super Bowl party That's and We're going to be doing really well and just rolling out um, a lot of our policies at that by that time. Mm-hmm. We're going to be working on securing the border and making sure we restore law and order and safe communities for our wonderful citizens of Arizona
3: all right, and just save me some guacamole on top of all of that, okay. <laughs> great stuff
7: Got good guac here in arizona that's for sure
3: there you go uh listen carrie lake i wish you the best of luck and i really appreciate your time today keep fighting that good fight out there you extremist woman you
7: <laughs> <laughs> thank you jimmy i appreciate
3: it you too have a great day there she goes carrie lake man what an extremist am i right <laughs> working a floor waxer helping out at a drug treatment center she wants to secure the border Protect life. I mean, come on. Where do you get these radicals from on your show, Jimmy? This is madness. I'm telling you, there's never been a dumber time to be alive. Folks, you need to know this. I say it every day. I should not be qualified to be doing a show this big. I wouldn't even think to apply to do a show this big. OK, I mean, to be clear, I didn't apply. I, you know, there was a couple of low level extortion attempts and a mid-level hostage situation that resorted in me getting the show. But the point is, OK, I shouldn't be in a position to host a show this big with this many influential people on it. But our politics have gotten so stupid, so stupid that when a person like Carrie Lake comes on and says, oh, I don't know, maybe we want to stop this drug scourge that's killing people well, after one pill. She's considered the bad guy. Somebody who says, "Oh, I don't know, maybe we shouldn't kill babies after they uh, are alive outside the mom." She's considered the bad guy in media circles. You know, have you ever had a friend that rants about a coworker so much, their crazy coworker. Oh, Jessica. I can't stand Jessica at work. Oh, Jessica, she's a real Okay, anyway. Everybody has had a friend that rants about Jessica so much that you eventually realize that your friend is actually the crazy one. That's the Democrats. That's the media when it comes to the Republican Party. Screaming and yelling about extremisms as they espouse every extremity out there. The
7: show's over. We're back tomorrow. I miss you already.